It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. Hello there, film lovers, and welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Sosi. The show's available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes. And we have a blog, which someday will be updated at filmsociology.tumblr.com. I have a gaggle of guests in studio. I'm, I'm uh, a little later on in the show. You can hear my chat with, uh, yes, talk show host Robert Irvine. He's got a show on the CW at 1 o'clock daily called... The Robert Irvine Show. He's, of course, a regular here at the state at the show. But uh, but we have uh, the show's going to turn into stage sociology in a little bit because uh, the Million Dollar Quartet is here. And uh, but I guess we'll start over here. Verbally sign in and why you're here. Besides the fact that you're on this this fantastic show, but uh, your duty in the part of the production. Go ahead. I'm Taylor Grant. I play the role of Jerry Lee Lewis. Great hair. Thank you. I'm DJ Salisbury. I'm the director. Also great hair. I'm Brandon Allstott. I'm playing Johnny Cash. Fingers ca- fingers crossed on the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's wearing a Cubs cap. Um, <laughs> Adam Tran, and I'm playing Elvis Presley. Full disclosure, I've directed this man. Yep. So welcome to Inside Joke Theater here at, <laughs> here at WFYI. All right, so we'll get to them in a little bit. But first, I do want to talk about there is one film of note that opened uh, that is opening this weekend. If you don't go see The Million Dollar, and you really should because it opens this weekend. Um, but... Uh, the new film from Oliver Stone is the biopic of uh, of Edward Snowden called Snowden with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and uh, I, I I'm really torn because I have said before, and this sounds like the film critic equivalent of why doesn't MTV play videos anymore? I kind of miss old <laughs> cra- young crazy Oliver Stone. I I kind of miss JFK, you know Nixon, Natural Born Killers, where he's just rattling your fillings with uh, with imagery and visuals, and I kind of miss that. And uh, and I guess you can only do that for so long because you don't want to burn out at a at a certain age. But um, actually, looking back at the, the, the I think the last film of his I really enjoyed, Adam, of course, Any Given Sunday in right. uh, 1999. Oh yeah, but. Uh, but since then, you've had Alexander, because there's like five different director's cuts of Alexander. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. none of them They're are really weird. And, 
You know, Angelina Jolie apparently was two when she had her son. That's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Remember that? Much, yeah. yeah. There's, there's that. And then uh, World Trade Center and W and then the sequel to Wall Street that nobody asked for. W wasn't bad. W was okay. But I think we were – and I admit, I think we wanted – we, me, because I'm, I'm the royal we. Um, <laughs> I think we wanted a more Nixon, JFK – slashing of uh, yeah, of the um, character and he did not do that so i guess there's credit yeah, for that um wall street and savages and and then you know the other stuff and now and now snowden so the the question in this film is i think the the more it, it, how you like this film i think is going to be based on determined by how much about snowden you know and how many of the documentaries you've seen about snowden because there's about 5 of them and i've seen a number of them so it doesn't really bring anything new to the table for me, um, but it does It does give Oliver Stone a chance to make what is kind of a standard biopic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always have to quote my buddy Laura Jansen who said, I don't like biopics because they're movies about people. And what she's saying is, is the <laughs> biopic format. The, the biopic format that, of course, Walk Hard destroyed years ago. Right. But, Hilarious. But, yeah. but they still keep making them. So um, – so there is that. There's there's a few visual moments with Stone. There is a uh, and and of course when you have an Oliver Stone film, you have a really good cast. Um, M- Melissa Leo, Zachary Quinto, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We've already mentioned um, Rice Ifans, Tom Wilkinson, uh, Shailene Woodley, who plays the girl. Capital T, capital G, meaning she has to be she has to be exasperated and tell Snowden that he can't do things. And that's really about it. Sorry, but you got to work with Stone. Um, so. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a limp biopic for the most part. But if you know nothing about Snowden and you like the actors, the acting the acting is fine. They they do what they're supposed to do. Um, but for me, it didn't bring anything new to the table. So 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 there was that. Um, a couple of titles of note on DVD and Blu-ray: uh, Captain America: Civil War. You know the fun one. Um, <laughs> that's out. You, you know, go for the fact that it's more fun than the other one, and stay for the, the air airport scene. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. Uh, great scene. And and the fact that you know Spider Man is now nineteen. That's right. So I think Ariel Winters is playing his aunt in the next film, but that's that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Thank you guys. Um, and then uh, also out on DVD and Blu-ray, a film that not enough people went to see. So hopefully poor, more people will rent it, like you, Adam. Pop star. Right. Keeping on, keeping on, which is Keep the on, which is uh, I'm sorry, never stop, never stopping. Yeah, oh, never sorry, stop, never my stopping. mistake. Yes. Um, but it's it is the kind of boy band version one. of Spinal Tap, um, mm-hmm. and so I know you you uh, when you're not uh, being the king, right? Um, my parody boy band Brozone. So, <laughs> which is coming, which is coming back in October, November. You, you guys are gonna have brunch and watch this, right? We should. Yeah, we, should. should. we absolutely should. Yeah. We'll make it a film sociology event. I'll host. We'll, we'll come. We'll come to the Slackers and we'll the Slackers eat Club Med and yeah. watch <laughs> watch pop star. I call my home the Slackers Club Med. Between yeah. the movies and the music, you won't get sun, but you won't be bored. So <laughs> uh, anyway, that is out as well as the documentary De Palma, which is basically a one man show. It's a talking head of Brian De Palma for ninety minutes, talking about the films that he has made over the years. Um, it, it, at the very least, it's a reminder you should watch certain things again like phantom of the paradise and sisters and body double and yes there's a lot of anecdotal stories about making scarface and Mm. working with john lithgow and anyway it's it's a lot of fun and hopefully not just for movie nerds only um okay over at iu cinema uh just to make a note um let's see we go to 
Monday the 19th. Uh, Racing Extinction, which is a 2015 documentary, that's at 7 o'clock. Tuesday the 20th, Black Snow from 1989. A Mongolian Tale on Thursday the 22nd at 7 p.m. On Friday the 23rd uh, at 3 p.m. as part of their Cinekids uh, selection, Kung Fu Panda 3, the Mandarin version. So it must be Whoa. in the original language, or in Mandarin <laughs> language. Uh, Mia Madre at 9.30 p.m., Belladonna of Sadness at 11.59. And then mark your calendars, gang. You could go see these guys and then go to a midnight movie. Because oh. over at the uh, Keystone Arts, just uh, as a reminder, there's our October midnight movies starting oh. September 30th and October 1st with William Castle's The Tingler. With Vincent Price, I don't think they're shock. I don't think they're wiring the seats for that one. Um, that's right. October seventh and eighth, the nineteen seventy eight invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. And I, I, I know somebody online who got a picture of Donald Sutherland's face as a tattoo from that final moment. So better wow. them than me. October fourteenth and fifteenth, the original Carrie. From 1976. Yes, Stephen King. Take your prom date to that. Um, Friday the 21st and Saturday the 22nd, Night of the Creeps. And then uh, October 28th and October 29th, the original Halloween. Yes. So there's a good midnight uh, movie series right there. So, okay. Um... And that's that's really about it for films. Not a whole heck of a lot. So you should go see these guys. Um, So, guys, tell me about the Million Dollar Quartet. Go, Adam. It was a fateful night on December 4th of 1956. It's also a photo that you can see anywhere and everywhere. It's also that photo. photo. Well, you can see the cut or the uncut photo. The uncut photo has a girl sitting on the piano, and the cut photo is just the guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because the girl, who is sort of uh, being uh, mythologized in our show, is... She was actually a dancer, right? A dancer, quote-unquote. Yeah, she was a real person. She was from Hollywood, a... um, I, I want to say uh, hula dancer. Yeah, well, they like they that. just said dancer, but I the right. the story is that she was an exotic dancer and that uh-huh. Elvis didn't want to take her home, and that's why the colonel cut her out of the picture. Interesting. It was bad yeah. press. Again, thanks, Colonel. Thanks, thanks Colonel. Yeah. Uh, so in our version, uh, the the girl, uh, it's sort of like an Oliver Stone film. Uh, the girl <laughs> is uh, is her name's Diane, and she's a she's a singer. Uh, she's a Hollywood. Uh, singer and she's she has a, a tear down number in the show that uh, well it, it it serves its purpose. Um, <laughs> it is torn. Consider it torn. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, so it's about this night where uh, these four guys. Uh, Carl Perkins was slated to have a recording session. Jerry Lee uh, was asked to actually play piano on that session, um, and then uh, Cash came by and Elvis stopped by and. Uh, th- I think somebody scrambled to the recording deck and yeah. Sam just left just the tape rolling. Got some rough cuts. They just yeah, jammed for for a couple hours. There's yeah. some really really cool stuff from that recording session. I and uh, I'm I'm guessing the the songs are from that session. Whatever you whatever the uh, producers were able to get a hold of, yeah. pretty Sense. much yeah. because back then they play they didn't play each other's songs. They all played the songs that they grew up with: gospel music, church music, yeah. and country music. All the stuff that they grew up and learning as children. But in our show, because no one really wants to hear that in the theater <laughs> audience, they want to hear uh, the except hits. for the one hipster the d bag who hosts film sociology. But anyway, uh-huh. right? <laughs> well, there are a couple of them exactly. that were recorded. I'll, that like, I'll, be, I'll be sitting in the back of what? No Arthur Crudup? Come on! But there are definitely there some is. iconic songs from that session that are in the show, like "Down by the Riverside," "Peace in the Valley." Yeah. But mm-hmm. a lot of these guys' songs from 
56 and before are in the show who do you love matchbox great balls of fire Folsom prison blues um that's all right mama which was ellis's first huge hit with sun records and just a whole bunch of that stuff going on it's it's a lot of fun yeah a lot of music show about 20 ish songs cool and now uh i would say how much interaction was happening between these guys during that evening well, y- you can hear it on the recordings. There's a lot of like playing back and forth, and a lot of people saying, "Hey, Carl, do you know this song? Hey, Carl, do you know?" This and then song? they just start playing it, and <laughs> yeah. then like people just jump in, and yeah. Hey, yeah, what key is this in? Yeah. Well, I say because um, I've known Adam for a while, but uh, but I, it, it, did it have a almost a Rat Pack vibe to it as far as it was, being comfort, did, knowing feel, each other? It, well, it felt a little like that without the sort of the the familiarity with the Rat Pack. They were all sort of pals, and they gave each other. A hard time all the time, but that didn't really happen in this. Also, I think there was that weird sort of reverence of each other because Elvis was a fan of Perkins and Cash, but Elvis also came back as the star because he just made a movie and and you don't and you don't want to look at Jerry Lee twice the same way or weird. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, and, this and, is before that. This is before uh, this he went before. Yeah. Really, before not he, born with it? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, you he can see that. You can see the signs. He was twenty years old. Yeah, Jerry yeah. Lee was twenty was years old. This he was month. only twenty. Yeah, Elvis is only twenty. Twenty one. Twenty one. Cash is only twenty four. And Perkins had to be twenty two, twenty three, somewhere yeah. around there. So they're all in their really young, young, just guys. getting started. Yeah. Right. So I can say. So how much of the how much of the artists did you know before going into this, and what research have you done now? We'll go take it around the board. Um, I actually was on the most recent national tour that went out this past year. I was the Jerry Lee Lewis understudy, and so he was marrying a sixteen-year-old cousin. So. Oh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> throwing pictures of Dennis Quaid, just kind of. Yeah. Well, we do learn that by this age in this play, he's already had two wives. Yeah. Two. Mickey Rooney is impressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than Great Balls of Fire, I didn't know a lot about 50s rock music or how to play it until I auditioned for the show. Uh-huh. And then once I got cast, I learned as much as I could. I watched a lot of videos just of him performing and also just tutorials on how to do certain things with my left hand, how Jerry Lee actually did certain licks and glissandos and things like that, try to get very specific. Um I didn't really do a lot of research past this date because it wasn't really pertinent to what I needed to right. know. Right. You, you didn't have to set fire to pianos or no, anything. No, no, <laughs> no. That None of cool. that. But I did oh, learn why cool. he always had his right foot out when he played his leg because he broke it when he was a kid and he had a full leg cast. Mm-hmm. And when he got the – it was the only way he could sit on the bench. And so when he took it off, he kept it that way because it was different and it got the crowd excited. So sweet <laughs> – yeah. So El- Elvis was jealous. <laughs> yeah, he could, he could swing his leg one, but he, of course he's sitting down. There's yeah. those weird yes. movie yeah. rules. You know, you can you can lay in the bed. You just have to have one foot on the floor. Right? What? Right. Who does that? Not <laughs> <laughs> right, cash. Um, yeah, I'm, I've been playing guitar for a long time now, and I've known his his music. Um, I've played his songs, you know, um, from friends, you know, here and there. Um, but like the details of his actual life, I didn't. Started learning until I started reading Robert Hilburn's biography of him that came out 2013, I think. And um, this is all, this is when he's 24. Most people know of Cash. He, 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 yeah, drugged, he always, druggy, we always, like, or we, we always imagine he was born 40. Yeah. Yeah. And having been in prison. Yeah, been in, right. he's, yeah, he's always been in prison and, <laughs> yeah, and drugs said, and said, alcohol and everything. Said, said to the nurse, hello. Yeah. This is before he got <laughs> addicted to amphetamines. <laughs> right. And he was he drank, but he was still a, you know, a God-fearing man. 
but deeply conflicted because mm-hmm. he um, he was you know, Christian, but he also had you know impulses like we all do, and he um, you know had problems with you know being attracted to the you know the women he was around, but still wanted to be true to his wife, his first wife Vivian, before he got yep. married to June. Um, I just find him a really just deeply conflicted, interesting character. There was something something about him, the way he sings, and the way he connected to an audience, the way no other singer did. Well, I think, in, and also in, in popular culture mm-hmm. at that time and with media, that everything had to be cut and dry. Everything had to be black and white. So yeah. you you were either you know a Pat Boone type character or you were a Hellraiser in, yeah. in that time. So the fact that, yeah, Cash, even at, at that young age, was, was conflicted. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. gray is more interesting, but apparently they didn't want gray <laughs> back then. It had to be either black mm-hmm. or white, and black had to be way back on the other side and of the bus. he wore all black. That helped us understand which he was. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Always a good look. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, I grew up wanting to be Elvis. I, my grandma used to play. And by the way, he wants to be fifties Elvis. Everybody does Sky Point, Dave Wilson. Yes, we know you made a career on it, but yeah, it, yeah. but you know, do the fifties one. Wear yeah. the gold lame suit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, my grandmother used to play uh, Elvis and Johnny Cash records on Sundays, and that was like my church because I was raised by heathens. So, I <laughs> did you put that on your college application? I, I think I did. Yeah, they were trying to. It was missionary ad- admittance, so to speak. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I sort of I, I knew a lot about him. I watched his movies and um, listened to his music forever. But then uh, going into this, I read uh, a couple of things. I read um, a collection of interviews that somebody had collected uh, with people who knew him at different stages of his life. Really helpful for the people who knew him uh, when he was still in Tupelo. Uh, and then I read Jerry Schilling's book, uh, Me and a Guy Named Elvis, which was mm-hmm. really helpful. Because Jerry did sort of look up to him, but you can tell that as the relationship grew, he really saw him more as a human instead of like the you know guy he looked up to all the time. Right. Um, but I just got that sort of sense of like, Elvis was somebody who was really popular because women were really into him, but he got made fun of a lot, and you know he was he was taken uh, he was taking flack from other guys his age and stuff all the time. I really, i.e., guys with bad haircuts. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I mean, and and the guys who were that macho thing was part of their uh, part of their identity, and it, it it didn't didn't sit well with them that he you know wore eyeliner and <laughs> did his hair all the time. And, right. Yeah. Well, say. Um, and by the way, I, I, I was talking about that. Really, the early Elvis films, not the, not the, when he made yeah, the yeah. same film three times a year throughout <laughs> the mid '60s. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say, did you ever see the uh, the TV movie with uh, I Kurt did. Russell? Because I, there's there's oh, a yeah, great Kurt Russell. Of that, yeah. Oh, I, no, I saw <laughs> oh, with uh, uh, Jonathan Jonathan, Jonathan Myers. Yeah, that's what that one's not bad. Yeah, he was actually pretty good. I thought mm-hmm. for being a Brit playing Elvis, which is, you know, well. Well, you're playing Elvis, so shut up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, but uh, th- actually, again, when you come to the Slackers Club, man, I have I have the film. I remember seeing it when it came out. I think it was like 78, 79, but, you know, Russell, Kurt Russell, the Kurt Russell-Elvis connection is really extended and weird, but yeah. but effective because he's the kid who kicked Elvis in the shins and it happened at the World's Fair, right. <laughs> then played Elvis, then voiced Elvis in Forrest Gump, then played an Elvis impersonator in a right. god-awful yeah. thing with Costner. So oh yeah, yeah, that uh, three thousand miles, miles of Graceland. Yeah. Graceland. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's always kind of been there. Yeah. But, but I remember there there is a scene where he's ha- harassed in the high school bathroom because of his yeah. because of his hair at that time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's good stuff. So, I guess um, the other thing I'm asking is how 
because I've not seen this one. Um, is there a full band or is there an orchestra? Because I'm wondering if, you know, is it going to be a stripped down, bare bones Sun Records feel, or are we doing Broadway jukebox musical sound? No, it's not really a jukebox musical. It, it really is a play with music. You are. Thank it's you. as if you're in the studio. These guys are the musicians. Okay. We have a, a bass player and who portrays Brother Jay, Carl Perkins' brother, <laughs> yep. and, and Fluke, the the drummer. So they are the additional people that play, but these guys play their instruments, and they're pretty remarkable. So, you know, it's just different setting. You, people are actually paying attention as opposed to being at a nightclub yeah. and them screaming right. ridiculous requests that you yeah, will never yeah. play in a million years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. So when does the show run? 16th to the 22nd. And for more information, people can go to? Through the 2nd, October 2nd. Yeah, October 2nd, not the 20th. 16th through 16th, October 2nd. September 16th through October 22nd. 2nd. Yes. 2nd. Go to wow. ATIStage.org. Or you can call 317-843-3800. That didn't even tickets. sound like you were reading it. That was amazing. Yeah, I know. It's all for the memory. All right, smart guy. Let's see you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and do it as Russell Brand. <laughs> <laughs> If you would, <laughs> just call ATIStage.org, or perhaps, if you're into the telly, call 317-843-3800. Now that's more James Corden. That was a mix between the two. If they had a child. That, that's never stopped him. No, it's not. No, he just... He, no, he, he, no, what have you done? Now I'm stuck in an accent. He, he panders. Adam, it's come back. Come back. back, back, back. Or you do Young Pacino. <laughs> I, no, I no, can't you can't do young. young. No, too, not oh, not yelling, screamy enough. He might hear me yeah, screaming. So so can f- I get a cappuccino? <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you, Spacey as yeah, Pacino. Um, <laughs> no, uh, God, it was five years ago um, yeah. when when Adam and I worked together. Um, I I found out, and I'm not going to do it. Uh, I found out that that this young man and another cast member uh, loved the film Any Given Sunday. Yeah. yeah. And there's a there's a great speech. You know, there there are plenty of locker room speeches or plenty of halftime speeches. I think I, I think especially male, men act, actors like to play coaches. Yeah. You know, because you get you get yeah, great yeah. you get a great speech. You get one great speech, and that one's pretty damn good. And uh, and then, and then, of course, smart guy over here suggested I use that as the uh, opening night speech for the cast. <laughs> oh, so he did. And, and so I, I did. But if you look at it, if you if you look at that monologue and, uh, and don't you look it up on YouTube, I'm not going to do it for you. But um, <laughs> but if you take out because he talks about how football is a game of inches, if you take that out and replace it with theater is a series of lines. Yeah, <laughs> you know, one one second too early, one second too late, and the other person's willing to die for you, and yeah. that's the that's the difference between a good review and a bad review, between living and dying. And I actually wound up doing this. It's actually one of the better thing, motivational pieces because <laughs> normally I tell my actors that don't suck, um, right. which I did anyway. But yeah. anyway, that 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 is out yeah, there. it was awesome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I say now. I know you guys have been busy, but it's, have you guys been able to watch anything recently, whether it's research uh, related or not? Uh, well, uh, we, uh, El Director and I watched uh, Love Me Tender the other night. Yeah, uh, my, my first time seeing it. Really, yeah. Love Me Tender. His yeah, first movie. Yeah. His you like it? And in yeah. fact, the movie came out the month before this event. The, the month before the quartet event. got together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sort of tease him about it in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they hadn't seen it because it probably wasn't in Memphis at that point. Right. But they mm-hmm. say they saw trailers. Right. Of it. Right. 
announced where they it. wedged in a song and wound up changing the title because they of that. did because yeah. the, the the song had uh, become so popular they changed it up from the Reno Brothers I think was yes, the original it was. title yep yeah I mean there was there was a period like I said before the sixties movies where he was he really wanted to act he really mm. wanted to be James Dean and yeah. you know looking at uh, looking at Love Me Tender Jailhouse Rock Loving You King Krill which I th- Adam and I were saying earlier probably his best film his favorite yeah. um, he, he said that was his favorite yeah film. so that was he was not. He was not singing to animals or bikini babes or children, and and he wasn't a race car driver. So mm-hmm. I mean, there was that period. It was it, it, wild in the country. It, it it could have been one of the great things if he didn't have to just do the same film three times a year for about eight years. Thanks, right. Colonel. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Colonel. I mean, the, the, and the later stuff, they're bad, but I understand them. Like like Change of Habit, you had to do a bad counterculture film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Live a little, love a little is basically a Tony Curtis film with a few songs in it. <laughs> um, Stay away, Joe should just be. Shot off the planet. <laughs> so, but how do you really feel? Uh, seriously, and the concert films are great. I mean, it's uh, actually that's the way it is. I wound up showing to my daughter uh, because that was her. This was way into her Hannah Montana phase. But they don't show you rehearsals. They don't show you how you know how to work with the band, how to get it right. You always see the end result, and right. yeah, you see a really good non-bloated performance from Elvis in 1970, but watching him rehearse with the orchestra yeah. and, and the process of it, mm, I think, yeah, is, cool. is really fascinating. So, mm-hmm. um, Well, cool. So what else, what else have you guys seen recently? doesn't matter. It doesn't have I to be, saw be really Kubo the show. and the Two Strings. Any good? Uh, yeah, I liked it. It's beautiful, and it's really beautiful to look at. As I said to these guys, my review was I enjoyed it. I was intrigued by the story that's kind of unusual. It's an unusual tale, uh, but I thought the humor was a little lame. Is it not, was it, it was it was it pop culture references and be, and twenty year old songs? Some just just didn't feel like they had really gone the distance to find how to make the humor land, um, but it didn't d- detract terribly much because I was really in, engaged by the story as a whole. So they knew Smash Mouth. <laughs> they didn't. Okay, no. that's good. That's no. good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now now the guys are thinking. They're yeah, they're thinking. What, 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 what have I watched recently? Uh, well, back to uh, oh, I was just thinking about Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they just they just played at Earlham last week. <laughs> did they really? Yeah, they did. They, they, well, Earlham College. Uh, full disclosure, I live near there, but they do like a sun splash. So they, they do like a uh, an afternoon concert, um, the near the beginning of the school year, and uh, and they fantastic. played. Yeah, my guy, I got, uh, I my guys at New Boswell said they could hear because the stage was outside, and they said they just heard seventy five minutes of pure mediocrity. Oh. <laughs> Not a second longer. So they, you know, they did the, sh- yeah. they did. I'm a believer and all star and sun and you know and then bolted out of there. They couldn't Goodbye. get out there fast enough. Wow. Yeah, but that and that's and that's of course a nostalgia band now at Earlham. Right, yeah. great. <laughs> so I guess another film I saw Florence Foster Jenkins, uh, which <gasps> I loved. I, I saw it in New York City with a, a full house. There was applause after one of her numbers. Really, the entire Fantastic. audience applauded after one of the. Very funny, very badly sung numbers, and it's it's hard, especially uh, especially uh, of uh, Ms. Streep's caliber. It's hard to sing badly. It is hard to sing badly, you know, it, as opposed to us that comes natural. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> take that, Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no! I I auditioned for Spamalot a couple of years ago, and my my goal was just be better than Pierce. <laughs> 
and I did. High bar. That's a high bar. I, it is. Hey, so long as I sound better than the men in Mamma Mia, I'm okay. You're so. okay. But uh, but no, it was fun. You so you saw it. I loved it. In New York. House applause after one of her numbers. The belly laughs that I heard all around me. It was an unusual oh. movie experience. One of the rare ones where it felt like almost a live show in terms of the audience response. That's awesome. It was really wow. really enjoyable. I really want to see that movie. Say that, and because I know that is out. And I don't know if it's out on video yet. But if you get a chance, especially the, since you've seen that, there's a French film called Marguerite, which is the same story. Only oh, wow. it's set in 19. They set it in 1920s France, and yeah, same thing. Where she's a bad singer. She's a bad singer, and the woman was up for a César. I mean, and, and it's, it's a fun setup. And I was, mm-hmm. um, I, I wondered, and I, uh, my my smarter two thirds have seen the show. I need to see it, but uh, as far as uh, Florence Foster Jenkins, yeah. but um, but yeah, it, it's. It was kind of a cool, and I forgot about, especially since it was during the war, that it was much needed as a, as kind of a novelty, yes. as, as kind of a distraction, oh, right. as opposed to a point and laugh like when Adam and I saw The Room. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh The Room. Yeah, he, that he, is a movie. He exposed me to that movie. Oh, he did? Don't say exposed. The Room. Oh, I'm going to say oh it that gosh, way because room. that's how I felt. I, love the, I yeah, felt one accosted. Of the best, worst movies <laughs> I, I got to interview Mr. Tommy Wiseau for this oh, for this very program. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> so good. Which, which was even, even better was watching the film and then watching Adam watch the film. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, so, so he spent funny. a lot of the film just staring at me, watching me be like horrible. What just, is everybody's laughing <laughs> but him? Because it's so. And rad. we're in the Keystone Art Cinema, and they're like throwing spoons at the wow. screen mm-hmm. and wearing tuxes and throwing footballs and stuff. And I was just like, what? In, what is happening? And I couldn't understand if I was supposed to be taking it seriously or if I was supposed to be, like, when I was supposed to be laughing, if I was supposed <laughs> yeah. to be laughing. And so he's watching me, and everybody else is like, ah! I'm like, mm-mm. You, you said you interviewed that guy? Yeah, I interviewed him. him. I interviewed him for... Does he realize, because I've watched interviews with him, oh. where he, he took it seriously oh, when he made no, no, it. No, see, what I... Wow. What, unlike other interviews, and uh, if you go to Film Sociology, you can go to the archive page, where Shameless. I play this thing at least twice a year. It's it's you know it's my version of like you know, fresh air will always replace show, interviews involving Mad Men, Breaking Bad, yeah, yeah. Louis C.K. This is mine. So, <laughs> um, but no, I the, the key to that interview was I was supposed to get twenty minutes. And I wound up getting thirty. Was that I never tried to peek behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Too many people tried it because I know not to ask where he's from, how he got the money, did he yeah. know it's bad? Does he uh, know it's bad? Right. <laughs> so I just treated it like a regular interview, and it is radio gold, <laughs> absolute gold. So one of the, one of the proudest things I've I've worked on. Stop staring at me like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Present company included. So. <laughs> So I think you need to. I think you need to experience cinematic train wrecks. It it builds character. Yeah. yeah. In fact, there was. I think there was yeah. a study. Somebody just posted that. Uh, that appreciation of so bad it's good uh, shows sign of intelligence. So right. I'm a mm. flipping genius. <laughs> well, and also <laughs> yeah. if you're ever captured by terrorists, you can outlast any of their mental torture. Because <laughs> you can just sit there going, <laughs> "I watched Tommy Wiseau. What else you got? Yeah. What else you got? So all right. Um. I want to take a short break, and then we'll wrap things up in just a little bit, and we'll get to my interview with uh, Robert Irvine. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org.
you're listening Film Sociology, WFYI, Indianapolis. Have a groovy time. Listen. It's hey, everyone. This is Tommy Wiseau, and you're listening now Film Sociology at the WFYI, Indianapolis. Welcome back to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the point and WFYI.org. Lozenge, please. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msosi at wfyi.org. Also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Sosi. The Million Dollar Quartet, well, three-fourths of the Million Dollar Quartet is here, so they're now informing me it's the $750,000 trio. And our director. And your director. <laughs> so I'm stepping in. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're, actually, we're going to try this. We have voices in studio. Let's, uh, let's give a sample of what you could hear when you see these folks on stage. I'm gonna lay down my burden Where? Down by the riverside Where? Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm gonna lay down my burden Down by the riverside I'm gonna study war no more Well, ain't gonna study war no more Ain't gonna study war no more Ain't gonna study war no more Nicely done, gents. Is this the earliest you guys had to sing? Yeah. Uh, wow. Sure, maybe. Well, my... no, not quite. We started rehearsal yeah, at 10. 10 o'clock, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good. Fine. All right, see, so it's not that big of a problem. I don't, I don't have my half gallon of coffee in my steak mug. <laughs> so I don't. You have two pints in you, so. <laughs> yeah. you coffee, coffee. Coffee, of coffee. It's coffee, right. The yeah, career movie. To go to, so. no, I learned a whole new part in just now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, Adam, don't get the 70s ramblings down yeah, <laughs> no. on the stage. Nobody wants that. No. Although they did make an entire album, Having Fun with Elvis on Stage. Wow. An entire yeah. album of onstage banter. Oh, wow. yeah. Thanks, Anything Colonel. Thanks, Colonel. Yeah, yeah that's kind of, it was like, you gotta, gotta fill, fulfill oh. this album for RCA. Wow. So, okay, once again, where can, uh, where can folks go to see Million Dollar Quartet? It is at the Studio Theater, uh, part of the Performing Arts uh, Center complex in Carmel. Yes. Um, you can go to atistage.org or you can call 317-843-3800. That's the box office. So, guys, really appreciate you coming and hanging out. Thanks so much. Yeah, bravo, bravo. Thanks for having us. It was fun. See, good sports. It's not just for Adam anymore. Nope. <laughs> that, that's your tagline on your show. Not just for Adam anymore. <laughs> no, thanks a lot, guys. appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Thank you. We now move from the Million Dollar Quartet to one of the uh, film sociology regulars, Robert Irvine. He's got a new program, The Robert Irvine Show, Mondays through Fridays at 1 o'clock on Wish TV. So uh, got a chance to talk with him recently about the show, some of his other endeavors, and, of course, a cameo by his lovely wife, Gail. So here's my uh, semi-annual chat with Robert Irvine. Joining me on Film Sociology is one of our regulars, and this is a man who does push-ups for every business endeavor he has going on at the current time. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Irvine. How are you, Chef? What's up? <laughs> well, you've been busy because I know um, at the time we were recording this, uh, the Robert Irvine show is up and flying on television. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. It's a, it's a four-year process um, that came 
around really fast, that's for sure. Uh, it was on, it was off, it was on, it was off. All of a sudden it was on and uh, filming three shows a day, you know, <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but good. I say, when did you guys start actually filming? We started on the 17th of July. Um, we got greenlit uh, probably four or five weeks before that. And then it was uh, Gail scrambling um, to find out, hey, where are we going to live in the U- uh, uh, L.A. when we're there filming? Because we're filming on the Jay Leno stage or, you know, the old Johnny Carson stage. Uh-huh. Um, so we're there three days, four days a week sometimes, uh, three episodes a day. And uh, it's crazy. So give folks the idea of what the show is, because with you, it could be just about anything. So the show is, you know, a lot of people think Robert Irvine, they think food, uh, obviously. Uh, I'm a chef. But what they don't think is uh, conflict. And if you think of Restaurant Impossible, we used to, you know, do the restaurant, find out why it was failing, and fix both parts of that. And those failing parts used to be, you know, it's conflict with the owners, conflict with the staff. Or, or whatever, you know, not understanding the business. Uh, the Robert Irvine show uh, on CW now uh, all across the country. Uh, they got to check out the local listings for the timing there. But it's all about conflict. So if you think conflict in every type, shape, or form, it can be weight, it can be uh, family, moms, dads, uh, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, neighbors, um, you know, issues within that whole family structure, um, food. Uh, obesity, um, they're all conflict of some way, shape, or form. And what I'm doing, uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, we're attacking all of those, those points on the show. And here's the difference, Matt. It's, it's a show that is about conflict. So obviously it's feisty, but the difference between this and any other conflict show is we actually get the resolution and we follow up um, with these folks that uh, we give resolution to, i.e., I just put um, you know, four or five weeks ago, longer than that now, but um, a young man, a chef, funnily enough, who was um, an alcoholic, a drug uh, abuser, um, which meant to leaning to abusing his family. And we put him into rehab, and I visited him back with him uh, a week ago, and he's doing amazing. So you're going to see a lot of these follow-up stories of people have hit rock bottom, and we are literally giving them that, that hope, that second chance. There's also a lot of funny stuff, too. So it's kind of, you know, we can't have all death, doom, and gloom right. uh, on a show. So there's a little funniness in there, uh, some funny things. Um, but it's about conflict. And that's something that you've seen in Restaurant Impossible, but not to the, intense, the intensity of, of this show. Remember, we don't have 36, 000, uh, 36 hours and $10,000. We've got an hour of television to make a difference, um, and we do, and I'm very proud of it. Well, it, it does sound different than the normal talk show slash reality show kind of exploitation, and then you re, you, re, you use them and you move on to the next thing, where, in the, as you said, there's, there's, there's going to be recurring characters or recurring people or updates on how people are doing. So you, as an audience member, you, uh, obviously the goal is to get sucked into the, into the conflict and, and into the solutions. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. The other thing, it was funny, you mentioned, you, you, we, we've been mentioning a little bit of Restaurant Impossible. I, my suggestion is I think every week, Ta- Tom, Tanya, Cheryl, and Lynn should just change your set every, every day. <laughs> the set was, um, it's not moving, believe me, it's a very expensive set for, for this file show. 
and uh, I think they would have a conniption if that happened. Really, it just could so- it be done. Uh, the guys could do it. Um, Tom's busy uh, taking care of my other restaurants right now. Bless him, building out in uh, uh, Vegas and uh, in the Pentagon. So. He's a little busy right now. Okay, well, I, I was just just thinking of you, sir. Sir, that's all. Um, I'm saying because <laughs> you, you say you're doing three of these a day, and I know that there, there's a mixture of tones. Um, I mean, and like you said, you don't want to have a lot of doom and gloom. But how do you line those up? I mean, you're not doing. Are you doing the same type of show? You know, in one day, or I mean, how do you how do you so mix it up? We do three segments. We do on average three segments per show. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the funny part, or the good part, I should say, not the funny part. If one segment is so good that it goes on and it's such a great story and such a, a, a meaningful and, and we need to change them lives, then that, that's the show. You know, anything else gets moved to a different show, we'll still shoot it. Um, but we have the ability to, um, to change the, the, those shows as, as the day goes on. Just like Restaurant Impossible, we don't know what we're going to find until I peel back that onion. It's about finding out the story, listening, um, understanding and then trying to resolve those issues and i can't tell you what they are until it actually happens i don't pick them i just walk on the stage i have uh, some information some snippets some bullet points and we go from there it's kind of like our chats we don't know how long these are going to last exactly <laughs> so i mean you, you you've known enough has anybody so giving a i guess giving a little sneak preview has anybody tried to go toe-to-toe with you yet even though they know who you are and what you do Absolutely. They, have, they, they didn't, they didn't get the um, memo? I will tell you, um, again, you're dealing with people's emotions. I'm asking tough questions and, and making tough statements about what I see and hear. And some people don't like that. You know, again, going back to uh, Restaurant Impossible, and I would tell the owner the food sucked or they, they were terrible managers or whatever, feelings get hurt. There's no restaurant to defer to. I'm deferring to the person that sits in front of me. So naturally, um, feelings get hurt. Uh, they get upset. So every emotion you can imagine going on in their mind, sadness, hurt, um, frustration, anger, um, there's me and them and three feet between me mm-hmm. and them. Uh, so there's some feistiness. There's some strong words. Um, oh. there's, some, there's some Robert Irvine-isms, um, <laughs> some veins popping out of necks and... and uh, um, so yes, it's very it's very interesting. You haven't popped new, the... new style for me. It's very new for me. Okay, you haven't popped the blood vessel yet, have you? No, close. Oh, geez. don't do that. Um, okay, close. we've been talking. You, you said also there was going to be some fun segments. Can you give us an example of something you've already worked on? Um, friendships that are that are larger than life, um, but have gone the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um. Hang on a minute. I'm uh, moving here. Be safe. Yeah. Um, you know, you never, you can never tell what's going to happen uh, based on friendships. And when I say friendships, um, and I'm trying not to give it away. That's sure. why I'm bringing a little coy here. <laughs> um, I've dealt with friends that have been friends for a long time, and they're jealous. Um, but it's a funny jealousy based on looks, clothes, uh, life. Um, so that's all I'm going to tell you. And okay. it sounds very, like, cryptic. But if I go any further, you'll, you'll, you'll probably figure it out. Okay. But um, it, it, this is just a funny moment. I can tell you, I think I'm, I'm um, 
a big statuesque guy. Um, some of these segments, I'm not the big statuesque guy. Statuesque. Who? Statuesque. That's what I said, statuesque. Oh, okay. My wife is correcting my statuesque now. That's where you say, yes, dear. That I always say, yes, dear. She's the boss. <laughs> Hi, Gail. Hello. Don't worry, I'll get to you it's soon. The funniest thing. I, I get the best of both worlds because my wife not only has her own career, which you know, but she yep. travels with me. She works out with me. She, you know, it's great because she gets to see everything I do and takes all and gets all the frustration when I'm frustrated. She has to like even yeah. it out for me. I was saying, well, yes, how, I do. has she? What has she done on the show so far? Nothing. She just watched the. She just watched the show, and it's funny. Everybody says to me, "Is Gail going to be on the show? Is Gail going to be on?" Um, maybe give, at some point. I give my two cents after all the segments. <laughs> yeah, she gives. She gives me her two cents on my performance, the story, and the woman's perspective. Yeah. Yes, dear. <laughs> Which is, I've never said yes, no, dear. You have I'm not one of them guys. No. I like to debate. Matthew, you know that. Yeah. I like oh, yeah. To, you can tell me I'm wrong, but tell me why I'm wrong and tell me what could be done differently. So I, there's a problem, then give me a solution to the problem as well. Right. No, I, I know that. You know? So, and Gail is, is my perfect um, a soulmate, but she's my, my balance meter. And your sparring partner. Oh, geez, I always lose at that one. <laughs> You would you would be what we, they call in the business, sir, a jobber. So that's all right, Mister Jobber. Yes. Oh wow, Gail! Wow, wow Gail got Gail. Yes, I am one of them things, a jobber. Then yes, your special you know, delivery, Gail Jones. Gets, October second gets gets uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame for TNA. So I'm really proud of that. Congratulations. Anyway, <laughs> anyway so I'm her. There you go. Hey, um, shifting gears a little bit. Tell us, because you also have a magazine. You're now on. You now are on magazine rack. So do you do you waltz in like a Meryl Streep and the Devil Wears Prada? What What does the magazine have to offer? Well, the, the magazine is is a digital magazine, um, and I wanted to continue giving um, information to folks that. that maybe not watch TV. So the Robert Irvine magazine, you can download it from our site or whatever, but it's, it's got everything. We, and you could more than welcome to join and do a, a, um, a, a cinema type thing or, or talk about movies, a movie. Yeah, there you go. Uh -oh. so we have doctors. We have doctors on the panel who talk about uh, health and fitness. We have um, uh, this, this month we have uh, Navy seal talking about how he trains uh, actors and whatnot. Uh, we've had Gary Sinise. We've had the real, um, what's his name? Oh, from the movie Sniper? Uh, no. Oh. Come on. You know better than I do. What? The real Forrest Gump. Oh. Okay. Um, who was a Medal of Honor winner. So so there's, there's general interest uh, stories. And there is, is really information about health, food, um, Changing your lifestyle, wellness, all the things that, that you think uh, are important in life, or we think they're important in life, are in the magazine. And we have some great um, contributors that are from all across the board, whether it be um, medical, whether it be nutritional, um, life stories. Um, and actually, it, it really is. When I started the magazine, I had this vision, and it's Matt Tuthill, who is the... Uh, 
the editor and the, and the, and the brains from Muscle and Fitness. Um, he now works for me full-time just doing the magazine and some other things. And he is the brains behind this transformational, um, motivational magazine. And, and that's what it is. It really is motivational. It's, it, it's free, number one, mm-hmm. and it's full of great information. And, again, it's that vein of giving back to people. So that's what we do. All right, very good. Now, shifting gears again, um, do you have as many uh, flavored Fit Crunch bars than Baskin Robbins? <laughs> no, but I will tell you this. We are about to launch a caramel uh, flavor in sept- uh, September, end of September, beginning of October, which is going to be phenomenal. Uh, that will make it the fourth flavor um, or the fifth flavor, whatever it is. And then fit elite the same, but we're also coming out with brownies for for kids, um, which will be all over uh, stores and uh, whatever very soon. And protein powders, oh, protein powders that are that are uh, very clean in label, that are shakes that kids, grandmas, grannies, bodybuilders, moms, you know, it's is made for everybody, um, with with very unique flavors. So they're coming out in that line too so um we're we're constantly looking at what's next and as you know it's not only about health and wellness when you buy these products uh we're doing something good for our foundation at the same time so exactly a little best of both worlds now you mentioned earlier about the tropicana um congratulations on a new restaurant in the tropicana in las vegas thank you um how is that going well, Gail and I were there actually a week and a half ago, and um, when you see this restaurant, I, it will premiere, it will open in July of, of 2017. Um, but prior to that, uh, we're doing some really cool stuff. We have a big veterans event planned there uh, in November this year um, with, a, with a live show and all these sort of things. The restaurant is going to be a 10,000-square-foot restaurant Whew. that is the most unique place. You know, we like to do things differently. Yep. And scaling down the side of a building um, or repelling down the side of a building. Um, so when people see this, it's very um, interactive and uh, the food will be tremendous, um, but very visual, very sensual. Sensual, is that the right word? Or we're using the senses more than, than most. Right. Yeah, I would say. Not sensual. Or sexy, either way. It's, you know. Yeah, something that makes teenagers cringe when you would describe my daughter. Uh, you know, she 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 cringes when somebody describes food as sexy, but she's fourteen, so you know what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, and I and I think this food is great. We've got a great team, you know that. And again, doing something really cool that is not outlandish that you will understand, but has great flavors. Right. So, so you, so you don't have twenty-seven different flavored foams to serve on the things. No. Okay. No. <laughs> No. Now you you mentioned Thank yeah you, you scaled down a building for the for the press conference and this was something on your bucket list. Well, no, it wasn't. It was it's was so funny because when they said, "Oh, what do you want to do?" and I'm like, "Well, either jump out of a helicopter, scale down something." And now imagine Vegas, beginning of Vegas, they have seen everything there is to see. It's Vegas, right? So every time a restaurant opens, there's fanfare, there's this, but nobody's ever literally descended down a 22-story building, 260-something feet, let alone a guy on TV, i.e. me, um, to get that passed by um, the Tropicana Risk Management, the city of Las Vegas, um, 
etc., etc., was an amazing feat. And Penn Gaming, bless them, um, they managed to make it happen. We went up to, to the building just to look down, um, and Gail was with me. And what did you think when you saw that building? I was terrified. <laughs> she was terrified. And there was, a, there was a rusty old, you know, like, arm that you swing over and clean the windows with. Um, and they attached the, these uh, lines, and, and we did a practice run. Actually, we did two practice runs in the day. And I was more worried that people would see me because it was a dead surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, we did two practice runs. I did put a hoodie on so they wouldn't recognize me. Oh, that didn't work, by the way. Right. Um, right. So we did two runs in the daytime. Then at nighttime, the whole side of the building of the Tropicana became a video screen. Mm-hmm. So the video played with flames and all this sort of stuff. And bear in mind, nobody knows what's happening next. The flashlight comes up to the top of the building, and I repel down the building and then go straight into a, a press um, event yep. after taking my harness off. Now, the, the coolest thing about this is when, you, when I did it in the daytime, it was fast. It was kind of get up, jump down, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I had to wait a minute plus for the video to stop, and I was hanging over the ground at 260-something feet by this little rope. And I started to think, well, what happens if? <laughs> right. It's the worst part to be where you're, you're suspended above the ground in Las Vegas and not knowing, uh, you know, hey, we've got to wait for the for – the, uh, the light to change and then you can go. But it was funny. Um, it was great. We made an impact. In fact, we got awarded the best stunt um, for Vegas. Well, one would hope to so. Launch, to launch a restaurant. Yeah, I would say, and were, were you humming the James Bond theme as you were going down? No, I was thinking control, 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 <laughs> because at the 17th floor, the wind whips around the building and you lose, you lose your footing bouncing off the the building so good good focus sir that's good <laughs> <laughs> so um shifting shifting gears a little bit how, how are the rest of your ladies doing my daughters are doing great uh annalise turns 19 next week oh god and um it's funny how do you get a 19 year old something for, for their birthday you know and that's always always been the the thing for me i'm not as creative as gail and gail thinks about meaningful things you know, um, I won't tell you what, but she's done an amazing job of, mm-hmm. of coming up with great things for, for Annalise's birthday. And um, Talia is doing great. She's doing volleyball. She's like a crazed volleyball fan, and um, which is great. So they're both doing well. Good. I learned as a dad, you, you just you, the element of surprise is not that important. Just just check in with them, see what they like and what they don't want, and they'll they'll they'll, they'll tell you. So. Well, it's interesting. Uh, Annalise is doing pediatric um, speech pathology at the University of Central Florida, and she's uh, killing it. I mean, it's just it's, it's exciting for me to see the girls grow and, and form their own kind of um, uh, focus and, and what they want to do and how they want to do it. And then it's up to Dad just to kind of uh, hone that in a bit. But Gail's like... Gail's like the possessive, uh, protective mom. Of course. Protective. Protective. With a series of submission holds. That's even better. Oh, she just has to look at you. (laughs) Ah, yes. It's it's what we call sitcom wife look. Yeah, you don't want that look. There you go. So with all of this, have you you guys been able to see anything lately? Take a breather? We have. We, you know... 
funny enough, uh, was it last night, night before we went to watch War Dogs? Okay. Um, and that was fun. What else have we seen? Um, that was good. What did we see before that? We, Jason Bourne. We saw Jason Bourne, yeah. Okay. Um, so, we, you know, we get to the movies a little bit less than we did before because of this filming schedule. I'm normally so beat by 8 o'clock, I'm asleep by 8.15. So. Of course. Um, but, but we did enjoy War Dogs, and that was very cool. A nice surprise with, uh, what's his name at the end there? Um, oh. oh, my God. Going blank right Oh, my goodness. Gail Kim. What's his name? Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, yeah. My goodness. I'm normally the one that forgets. You were supposed to be all over this. Uh, Bradley Cooper, that was that was good. Um, so we have seen some movies. Okay. I uh, just can't remember them all. That's all right. You, well, you're busy. If, if you get a chance, because it's still in theaters, Hell or High Water with uh, Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, and Ben Foster. Yes. Yes. That's a option. Yeah, that's a What's that about? It's it's a modern western. It's two brothers who are robbing banks to save the the their house from going in the foreclosure. Jeff Bridges plays oh, a Texas yeah. Ranger on the on the brink of retirement. So, um, you know, it, it it could have been done in the eighteen nineties, but it's done today, and it's it's really solid. I think you'll enjoy it. Very cool. I like that. So, okay, uh, we just got a, I just got a couple of minutes, so I have to ask: Have you two started planning for Halloween yet? <laughs> no. That is way too far off. <laughs> no, we haven't. Okay, because you know we're we're, we're wondering because you seem to be the couple that does costumes together. So you know, inquiring minds got to know. But it's a, apparently it's early for that. Well, here's what happens. Gail is the one, and she is really again. Who am I? I'm like just a guy, <laughs> right? Gail puts all the thought into these things, and we we match in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and she goes out and she gets all this stuff, and and. Uh, what have we done? She thinks we did Austin Powers. We did Austin and, Powers and, and sexy Cleopatra. Sexy Cleopatra. Foxy. Foxy, sexy, whatever it is. And Gail fell in love with the hair. She got an orange or what color was that? It was like o- an orange. Orangey blonde, blonde hair. She, hair she says, "I want that hair on me now." <laughs> um, so yeah, she does all the planning for that, and we we get into it. We get into it. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. for sure. Well, that's good. Is this, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll leave that to you guys. You're 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 a happily married couple. So, <laughs> all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, just just a reminder: uh, the Robert Irvine Show is on CW. You can check out his magazine online. And uh, Gail, of course, is getting inducted. Congratulations! And uh, you you guys are everywhere. So make sure you you get some quality time together, like you are right now, and uh, and 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 enjoy that. Well, listen. We have to do a play together. We don't know when we're going to do it, but I would love to do some. I would love to do some, not Romeo and Juliet. I'd like to be the the bad guy or something. So whenever you come up with a thing that you're going to do with Emma and the oh family, my gosh. I will. You got to, you know, that we can do one like, was it a, a pop in and pop out? A cameo. A cameo. Right, you're like you're like you're Sean Connery at the end of Robin Hood. I, I yeah. get what you're saying. You can, you can kill me off, but it's a one night only kill me off. <laughs> I'll uh, right? yeah, I'll work I'll work that into my t- contract. Actually, uh, next week I'm getting my hair cut for the play I'm doing right now, so I'm going to lose ten pounds easily. Nice. I'm going to have my hair cut today. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> God. Yeah, but you're you're anyway. I'll I'll send you pictures when it's uh when it the I'll I'll show you before and after. You'll you'll have a awesome. You'll flip. So, all right, guys. I appreciate the time. So, uh, you know, keep your hey. head up. We love you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Be good. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye bye.
You can see The Robert Irvine Show Monday through Fridays at 1 o'clock on Wish TV Channel 8. Well, uh, go see a good movie. You deserve it. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, California. Good afternoon, Michigan.